Third Shift presents The Imposter's Guide to Gaming, your quick fix for gaming news. Now, here are your hosts, Eric and Matt. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to IG2G's episode 73. I'm me. He's him. It's us. We're here doing this for you. On the releases this week, we got a sequel to the craziest thing I've ever seen in my whole entire life. We got a whole bunch of good re-releases, reissues, remasters, and upgrades. Yeah, oh yeah, you like old school games? Hey, we got some stuff for you because they're bringing them back out and touching them up. That's right. And then we got a good topic, so let's get going in three, two, one. Pew, pew! Number five. First up on the releases this week, we got a Matt special. And you all know what a Matt special is here on IG2G in the release section. It's something that I want to play for myself, so there's not much I can say about it. Because I don't want to ruin it for myself. So I didn't do a whole lot of research on it. (laughs) But this is something that I, I literally can't believe that this exists. And what I'm talking about is another DLC for Fire Pro Wrestling World, which is the... The New Japan-themed Fire Pro Wrestling game that came out in, I think it was late 2018. But what's special about this, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a story mode. It's a new scenario mode. It's called Champion Road Beyond, which has dropped for PC and PS4 as of the 26th of February. But what's really special about this is it's written by Suda51, who is the guy behind Killer7, No More Heroes, lots of, really unique and extreme experiences like that. And what's, what's, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to go into it other than just saying it like it is. Uh, Suda51 got his, got his feet wet in the gaming industry, got his start working on Fire Pro games, you know, Fire Pro wrestling games back in the Super Nintendo era. And what he's famous, well, like, I can't say like what he's most famous for, but what he's most <laughs> famous for for me is making Super Fire Pro Wrestling Special, which was a Japanese-only release. And so, like, why would I know about it? Why would I care? It's because the story mode in that game is so twisted and dark and disturbing. I'll just say it's disturbing. And there's no other way to say it or to sell it other than to just tell you what happens in it. It's it's not like anybody anybody's going to go and play that, like, 20, 26-year-old game now. But, you know, what would you expect a storyline for a wrestling game to be? Like, oh, you start off as a rookie and you work your way to the top and, yeah, you win the championship at the end and everything's happy. Well, take that everything's happy part and twist that to everything is horrible because in this game, in the in the original, the Super Nintendo Super Fire Pro Wrestling Special, uh, you play as a character, he's trying to work his way up, you know, you're making friends along the way and then, like, those friends die in the ring against your big rival. Like, I think the rival kills your coach also at some point. Like, kills your coach, your tag team partner, he gets murdered right before the big championship match. You wrestle your rival. I think, I don't know if your character kills him in the ring too as revenge for all this stuff. But like, you finally win the championship after going through this horrible stuff. Your girlfriend leaves you and three days later, your main character goes home and kills himself and that's the end of the story. I'm dead serious. Look it up on YouTube. It is, it's, it's wild. It's weird. It's really disturbing because the graphics in the cutscenes for this are really like strange and just very ugly. So, and it's got this weird music and this weird sound effects. And it's just, 
It's just really a disturbing thing to watch. So <laughs> you have that. And then 26 years later, Suit 51 is coming back with a new scenario, a new story mode for Fire Pro Wrestling World, which is a sequel to that. So 26 years later, you're playing as the kid of that main character who, you know, did all went through all that tragedy and, you know, had the big hollow championship victory and ended it all. And from what I'm seeing from the screenshots, you know, it's it continues on that. Like you're having nightmares about all the things that your dad went through, all this other stuff. So <laughs> it's it feels weird because it's something like, hey, you want to experience some dark, twisted horribleness to play this DLC? But I think like the I think the story itself, the story of this story is really interesting because someone getting a start doing wrestling games, taking him in this weird, like twisted direction, and then 26 years later he gets to come back and write the sequel for it. I think that's really interesting. It's really cool. I really want to see what happens in this DLC, what the story is, what, just what. I want to see what. Just what the hell. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's a DLC, so you got new wrestlers, new arenas, new new edit parts and stuff. You don't want to hear about that. After I just said that a guy wins the championship, all his friends are dead and he kills himself, you don't care about the actual technical specs in and out. I definitely want to be playing this. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I, I, it's something I had to talk about. I don't know. I don't think a lot of people listening to this are going to be like, oh man, let me go get Fire Pro Wrestling World so I can see, and this DLC, so I can see if my character kills himself too. I don't know. It's just, it's wild and weird and strange. And I'm just glad that, like, the story of the story, like the guy who got to start did this infamously crazy thing. And it, I feel like it, you know, the story of that, because it was all. Japanese only. I feel like the West has kind of uncovered it via the magic of YouTube over the past few years and has become aware of it. And so now he gets to write the sequel to that story. I feel like that's really interesting. It really catches my eye. I'm really, I can't wait to see what horrible stuff you got to go through in this scenario mode. Oh my God. Fire Pro Wrestling World, Champion Road Beyond. I'm ready to go beyond the limits of my imagination. Here we go. Number four. First up for me, this time around on IG2G, I have a beautiful little title. I've talked about these games before, Metro Redux. Yes, it has been out for the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC for quite some time now. But as of February 28th, 2020, this wonderful title developed by 4A Games is now available for you on the Nintendo Switch. Now, why am I talking about this? Because... A lot of you never played Metro 2033 or Metro Last Light. And hell, a lot of you haven't even played the game I've talked about a ton of times, Metro Exodus, which is their most current iteration of Metro. These games are first-person survival shooter games. Awesome story. This one starts off, of course, with the very first one. These are both redone, remastered, you know, graphics updated, run at 30 frames per second. They look good, feel good. The lighting's been changed, all that good stuff. All the, all the usuals you suspect right now. All of it runs wonderfully on the Switch, miraculously. This device somehow is able to take what they did for the PlayStation 4 and bring it over and make it look just as good as it does over there. You are RTM. And you are a young ranger, you're going out, you're on this adventure, these dark ones, evil little creatures, you're trying to survive, do all sorts of things. Go get over to another group of humans, 
warn them that an incoming threat's coming. Try to save mankind as you know it from this post-apocalyptic world in which you all live in the metro tunnels because above ground it's been all irritated with nuclear war, all that good stuff. Does he succeed? Who knows? You'll have to find out. But wait a minute, you do know, because in this Redux you get not only Metro 2033, but you also get Metro Last Light, which takes place one year after the events of Metro 2033, in which case you are RTM once again, dealing with the choices you made from the previous title, getting a shot to go out with the Rangers once again to kill the last dark one. Oh boy. So off you go again through the tunnels, up above in the snowfield lands and ruined cities, etc., to do exactly that, things go awry, you gotta find out what happens through playing the game, which, of course, as I already mentioned, is a survivalist first-person shooter, but in Last Light, you actually get an opportunity to go Spartan mode instead of just typical survival mode, which case you get more ammo drops, more health drops, more all the usuals, so it's more along the lines of a standard uh, first-person shooter game. If that's more along your lines, there you go, hey. If you're kind of scared of the whole survival, having to sneak past these little evil creatures and monsters, rather than fight them all the time because you have limited resources, you get a chance to do just that. These games are awesome. The story's very, very good. It's definitely an overlooked series, as I say all the time whenever I talk about it. So please, if you have a Switch and you want a really good first-person shooter game, consider Metro Redux out now. Go check it out. Number three. So for my next release, I'm going to go away from the dark and the disturbing and the horrifying, and I'm going to go towards something lighthearted and fun, an entry from a series that I wish I was more familiar with than I am. This is Rune Factory 4 Special, which dropped on the 25th of February for the Nintendo Switch, developed by Neverland, published by Marvelous and or Exceed Games. What this is is a re-release of the 2012 3DS game, Rune Factory 4. If you don't know what Rune Factory is, it's a series that kind of think maybe Animal Crossing meets Harvest Moon meets Secret of Mana or an Ease game, some kind of action RPG, because not only are you interacting with townsfolk, you know, buying and selling items, spending time with certain characters, maybe, you know, developing your relationship with them, inviting other characters to your town, you know, kind of specifying how your town is laid out. But you're also doing all the Harvest Moon stuff. You're hoeing the ground. You're clearing your farmland. You're planting crops. You're watering them. You're, you know, you're harvesting the crops. You're selling them so that you can make more stuff to, you know, use more money to upgrade more things. But then you're also going into a dungeon or an overworld to fight monsters to accomplish quests. Like people say, oh man, you got to get that, you know, that giant bat in the caves. You got to go clear it out because we want to explore the caves. So not only are you fulfilling people's requests, but you're also gathering items, crafting items, you know, upgrading items so that you can use those items you get in the dungeons or the overworlds to upgrade your tools so you can do the farming better. And if you can do the farming better, then you can, you know, please people in the town more. So everything's kind of intertwined. Everything's also got a, like a skill bar or, you know, skills you can level up, like you can plant faster, you can carry more things, you can attack better, you can you, know, you can hoe the ground a little better. What one thing that I thought I saw that was really cool is, you know, I was watching some some gameplay, some reviews of it. Somebody had leveled up his item carrying to the fact to the point where he was like 
you know, he was harvesting his field of turnips and you pick up a turnip and your character holds it over your head, just like in Harvest Moon, but then he could go and harvest more and more and it would just create this big long tower of turnips. So instead of having to like grab one and then run over to your horse, put it in saddlebags or like run over to the, you know, the bin where you put them to sell, you know, one at a time, you can just whoop, 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 whoop. Obviously it sounds a little silly, but I like the idea that everything you do can be leveled up so that you can get better at it. So you can kind of tailor these, the, the, the Rune Factory games to what you like to do. And if you like doing it, your character will get better at it so you can do it more. You know, it's, I mean, it sounds kind of obvious, but at the same time, not a lot of games do that. Like in Harvest Moon, I don't think, well, maybe in the later games, I only played the first few. You can't level up like your, your, your everyday abilities. You can, you can upgrade your tools, which you can here in Rune Factory as well. But you couldn't upgrade like the way that you swing a hoe or swing the scythe to clear the brush, anything like that. But here in Rune Factory, you can do that. Like I said, you can go find materials to upgrade things, use those upgraded things to upgrade your own abilities. You can level your character up as well, mostly through combat. It's just, it's just kind of like one of those fun, easygoing worlds to live in. You know, you're going to have friendly townspeople that are asking you to, you know, provide them with things. It's just, I don't know, it's just one of those easygoing experiences that it's really nice to have every now and then. In between your blood and guts games or your super action tense, all you got to do the stuff, but it's some, sometimes nice to just take a breather with something like Rune Factory or Harvest Moon and just, you know, kind of like live a slice of a different life. This is why Stardew Valley is, is, is everybody's favorite thing. This is the same kind of thing, except if you want a little bit more action in those games, you turn to Rune Factory because you have that action RPG on top of it. Now, if you played the original Rune Factory, this one does have some additional stuff. There's some additional animated cutscenes. I think the animated intro is all new too. And there are two new modes that you unlock, I believe, after you originally like finish the story mode. I think there are other things you can do after the story's done as well, but then there's these two new modes that get unlocked. First up is the newlywed mode, which is kind of like a visual novel type where your character gets married to one of the townspeople and it's a like a couple hour long experience of, you know, scenes you're going through with them, kind of, you know, slice of life stuff. You know, new experiences you two are going through as you're trying to run this farm and and just make your life together. And then there's the another story mode, which takes things a little further into the future, where, you know, hey, you're newlyweds in the newlywed mode. Here, now you've been together for a while. You have a kid on the way or a kid is there. And it's it's a little, another short, short slice of life extra mode. I don't know, but if you are really into Rune Factory 4, you played the original to death, this will give you a little bit more to work on in the special edition. So I don't, I don't know how good of a job I've done of selling it, but if you're interested in the Harvest Moon games at all, if you're interested in Animal Crossing stuff, but you wish there was a, just a little bit more action, a little bit more like quests and fun stuff to do, check out Rune Factory. You can obviously check out some of the older games. I know the originals were out on just regular DS. Obviously the 2012 3DS game, Rune Factory 4, you can still dig that up too. But go, just go check it out because I feel like if you, if you like, like I said, if you like Harvest Moon or Animal Crossing, but would wish there was a little bit more to do or a little bit more action in those, take a look at Rune Factory. Everybody who plays these games, you know, everybody who is that person that I just described, say they really love it. I mean, I've heard nothing but good stuff about the Rune Factory games. And so just, just go check it out. If you're interested, if you are that person, 
Go check it out. You won't be disappointed. Root Factory 4 Special. Oh, yeah. Good job, me. Number two. Last up for me this time around is Mega Man Zero ZX Legacy Collection for the Nintendo Switch. Of course, you know it, boys and girls. PC, Xbox One, and PlayStation 4 has come out on February 25th, 2020, so you can play it right now. It was developed by Capcom, of course. You know they make all those Mega Man games. If you don't know what these titles are, you're not alone because I didn't know they existed either. I stopped playing Mega Man X1, X2, you know, back on the Super Nintendo days, way, way, way back. Apparently, years later, they came out with these wonderful little additions on the Nintendo handheld systems and have put them all together, six titles for you today to play. And from all words reports, they are fantastic Mega Man games. It's the typical sprite-based side-scrolling action, going through different robot levels, making your way to the boss, in which case it's a really cool technical achievement using your different abilities that you gain by beating said robot bosses to win the day and get power-ups along the way that make you stronger, faster, better, all that good stuff. It's a song, isn't it? I don't know. Any of the who's on this particular uh, title, you can change the filters so you can make it so it looks like it did back on the hand- handhelds. You can get the uh, smooth one. You can get the one where it shows every pixel all together, all that. So it's up to you how you want to do it. You can play it. If you're playing Switch, you can play with the Joy-Cons, handheld, docked, Pro Controller. All those are all available. You can uh, map out how you want to play it with the buttons. So whatever your preferences, you have options there. Also... And this one, you can play with a the normal mode, which is your typical Mega Man uh, difficulty. You've got casual, so everything's easier, no big deal if you just want to go and have fun. And then there's another one where it does like uh, extra checkpoints and stuff. So that way if you die, you're just not mercilessly thrown all the way back. It's really cool, really neat that they added that in there. The games feel great. Music's all there. In fact, when I say the music's all there, it's all good, of course, but you can also go listen to it at your leisure. All those games have all their soundtracks available to you from the word go. So a lot of fun little added bonuses to this. It's something you should definitely check out if you're a Mega Man fan and maybe never got a chance to play these ones. And even if you have and you just want to go back and have a good time, here's something for you. Check it out. Mega Man Zero ZX Legacy Collection. Probably on the Switch because the Switch is the best. You know what I'm saying? Number one. Last up on the releases this week, we got a two-pack. It's a two for ladies and gentlemen. Two of the very coolest games I have ever played in my entire life. I'm talking about the Bayonetta and Vanquish 10th Anniversary Bundle, which is out now for PS4 and Xbox One. It actually came out on the 18th of February, so I could have talked about it last week. It's one of those borderline games. I'm talking about it now. Developed by Platinum Games, published by Sega. Oh, man. If you don't know Bayonetta or Vanquish, you need to get this bundle right now. And just, you will be in for a treat. Absolutely. If you do know them, then get this bundle and support the coolest games you've ever played. I feel, I feel like everybody knows Bayonetta. It's it's one of the coolest and wildest and most over-the-top character action games or spectacle fighters, whatever you want to call them, that has ever been released ever for anything. You play as like a super-powered witch named Bayonetta and you're fighting angels, and it's it's just a weird, it's kind of weird, a weird goof storyline, just because it's a Platinum Games character action game storyline. It's not anything to be, you know, super taken serious. You're a witch, you've lost your memories, angels are out to kill you for some reason, you gotta kill them first before it happens. And you just, this, oh, everything's just so crazy. You got guns in your hands, you got guns on your feet, You the 
the the clothes she wears is made of her hair, which also turns into giant beasts to attack the giant angels. It's it's wild. It's over the top. If you don't know Bayonetta, just I mean seriously, I'm serious. Get this pack and play it. But if you don't want to do that, watch some on YouTube. Bayonetta is over the top. It's ridiculous. But I feel like everybody knows it. The game that I think I'm the only person I know that's played this game, unless anybody out there listening knows me and has played it. But I never hear anybody talk about it. It's Vanquish. And it's actually my preferred game out of the two of these. I owned both of them for quite a while. And I made it maybe halfway through Bayonetta. But Vanquish is a game that I played through just on regular. You know, I played through it once. And then I'm pretty sure I played through it on hard mode too. And then I was going to do it again to try and not, well, not platinum it, but to, I was going for all the achievements in Vanquish. And that should show you how good this game is because I don't do that a lot. And this was a game that made me want to do that. And everything that Bayonetta is for character action games or spectacle fighters, Vanquish is for third person shooters. Because when you think of a third person shooter, when you think of like Gears of War, oh, you run into a chest high wall and you peek out and you shoot, shoot, shoot. And you, you kind of just stay there and maybe every now and then you move from cover to cover. But otherwise, you just kind of sit there and shoot. And sure, you can do that in Vanquish, but this game is, it's its a third-person cover-based shooter, but turned up to not even 11, 100, 100 million, a bazillion. I don't even know. It's all about cool, stylish, fast-paced gun action. Vanquish is so cool. Like, you know, sure, you can run up to the chest-high wall and you can get cover behind it. But what you can do in Vanquish is vault over it, go into slow-mo mode, be, be bullet timing these enemies to death. And then as soon as you get out of it, hit you, you know, run, hit your boost. You're like rocket sliding all around the battlefield. If you rocket slide into an enemy, you do a giant flip kick. You kick him all the way over. He blows up. Giant explosions, fast paced action. Vanquish is over the top. It's wild. It's big. It's bombastic. It's, I mean, it's like the story and the, the characters are kind of, kind of dumb in that big bombastic action movie type way and it's just everything i love about just silly japanese plots and action and craziness but it vanquish just feels so good to play that's the main selling point of it it's got fast action and it feels so fluid and it feels so good i can't i can't sell it to you without you watching it or seeing it or better yet playing it for yourself that's why i said if you haven't played either of these two games, you have to get this. If you played Bayonetta but not Vanquish, I mean, both games do have PC releases, so maybe you get them there. But Vanquish needs to be played by more people. It is one of my absolute favorite games of the Xbox 360 generation. This re-release, it's not. there's not a whole lot added to it. It's just a high-res port of both of these games, essentially. If you have PS4 Pro or Xbox One X, you can run these in 4K at 60 frames a second. Otherwise, they'll just run at 60 frames a second in, 100, in you know, 1080p. And that's good enough because these games are fast. They're over the top. They're stylish. They're cool. And they need to be running fast so you can see how cool and over the top and stylish everything is. These two games are awesome. Everybody should play them. More people know, need to know Vanquish, though. It's it's everything I love. It's about platinum games. It's it's got some of that. I mean, it's got some of that. 
you know, Metal Gear Rising Revenge's over the topness to it, but not quite to that ridiculous degree. It's just a really great, fun, fast paced shooter. Like I said, I played through it two and a half to three times back in the day. You should do it in this day and age with the Bayonetta and Vanquish 10th anniversary bundle. If you get it, you won't be disappointed. I guarantee it. Imposter's topic of the day. So the topic of the night is something I thought we'd both be excited about, but I was wrong. I'm still excited about it. My friend here, it's actually good this way because we have two different takes on this whole thing. So it, it brings a nice perspective to everything. Tonight, we're talking about what everyone in the world is talking about, which also is the reason why Matt probably doesn't like it because he hates it when we talk about things that everybody likes to talk about and do. But hey, here we go. Final Fantasy VII Remake Demo hit the world today. All the plebs and the scrub bugs and all those bad little children, we all get to play. We finally get to touch it. We finally get our hands on mm-hmm. it. I was at work when it dropped, unfortunately. So I was sitting there going, oh, yeah. Matt's going to, Matt, you got to get through there. You got to play that sucker. Have a great time. And he played it. He did his job, by golly. But then he said, meh. Mm-hmm. And I went, Sad face. Well, I guess I don't get to enjoy this the way I wanted to. So I went through and I watched him play from front to back, all the things, watched the conversations on it. So I've got a opinion, but I still haven't got to play it because I don't get to do it till after the show tonight. <laughs> well, here's two things. One, of course, I just said, eh, it's just okay just to needle you because you're the guy who wants to just... Well, I can't say it on the podcast because Danny would edit it out. You just want to be like, "Woohoo! I got a bit. I got a you know a thing, and I'm going to have a reaction to it." You're, you're that guy. <laughs> there are many hand gestures being applied here. You don't get to see it, <clears throat> but so yes, there's that. I did enjoy it, but don't paint me as the heel as the guy who hates everything. I'm sick of being the heel. I'm the heel all the time. Yeah, Eric. you wish you, wish don't you do were. You me. couldn't handle being the heel all the time. You'd handle it three <laughs> times and you'd be out. Out for the count. Well, that's that's true. There'd be three times, and I'd go, okay, I'm not, nope. Exactly. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm done with it. Bloop. (laughs) Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. That's why I said that. Mm -hmm. Now, to get this going, I just want to start at the beginning. I don't want to do the overall, then dig in, because then we'll get all flippity-floppity. Yeah. It hit. It is about 45 minutes to an hour worth of content. It is the very first mission. Yeah, right around there. It's the very first mission, right after you get off that train, mm-hmm. helping out Barrett, Jess, Biggs, and Wedge Yeah, go about their business, taking out that Mako reactor. All right, Matt. Oh, oh, Start off. I got beef right away. I got beef right, right away. Because back it. in the day, it was it was a Mako reactor, wasn't it? It was a Mako yeah. reactor. Everybody said, Mako, Mako, Mako. No, it's a Mako reactor. And in my ears, I know. it just Isn't went, that crazy? Mm, no. Mm-hmm. I know that's right. Because that's how you would pronounce it in Japanese. That's how you'd pronounce it. But I was just like, oh. As soon as Barrett said, all that Mako's coming out, brother. I went, no. That is very true. Every time he said Mako, uh-huh. I just ignored it. I went, nope. <laughs> nope. Not not in my world, it isn't. Uh-huh. Not in my world. And you are that's, wrong, sir. Maybe that's like some purple juice that comes out of the plant. Mako's green, though. <laughs> Mako must be the weird exactly. strain. I don't know. I agree with that. I agree with that. Now, it's funny you mentioned Barrett, because right off the bat, you get Barrett in your face, you get all of them talking at Mm. you, going bananas, and for me, it brought me right back to how it was. Mm -hmm. Barrett's loud, in your face, ridiculous. Of course, you had to imagine it back in the day, right? but the way the text was, you knew he was just yelling and screaming constantly, Mm -hmm. being ridiculous, and everything he said was just over the top. They did it again here, Mm -hmm. but I felt... 
it was done in such a fashion that everybody knew he was just over the top ridiculous. So yeah. it it, it kind of meshed better for me than in the old game where everyone kind of, well because of the text you it felt like everyone was like actually like yeah Barrett woohoo yeah and mm. it was so, like bananas. What do you think? See, I, I feel like for me there was kind of a disconnect there in that. You know, when it was old school and he was yelling and screaming, he was this weird little blocky man, flailing his little blocky har- mm-hmm. arms up and down. But now that he looks super realistic and like like a real, not like a real person, but he looks like a real person. And he's like, yeah. guy! I'm just like, that's, you gotta, you, get, you gotta be Terry Crews, but you can't be this. I don't know, mm-hmm. something, something about it I didn't like, but I mean, and I'll get into this with Cloud too if we talk about him. Cloud is a character that's boring and staid and super reserved, so his voice acting to me just sounds flat and nothing. Barrett is a giant, big, over-the-top, goofatronic character, So, but when I hear the that kind of voice acting, I just go, oh, jeez, this is too much. Now, both, the, both of them even out over the course of the game, but I don't know. It's just a, a weird... Obviously, you start with this. This is what the demo always has to be, mm-hmm. but that voice acting of him... And then Cloud too. I was just like, oh man, it's oof, oof. It's hard to get through right now. See, for me, I'm I'm with you sort of. Mm-hmm. I because I can appreciate Cloud. I understand. I used yeah. to be Cloud. Yeah. I never talked. I was always quiet. Anything I said was dead note. Mm-hmm. I didn't ever put inflection, emotion into it. I just hated everything and everyone. Wanted yeah. nothing to do with the world. That's Cloud. That's Cloud right now. As you said, early on in the game, Cloud doesn't care. Cloud doesn't want nothing to do with nobody. Mm-hmm. He just wants what he needs to get to the next thing. So I understand his deadpan voice. Yeah, For yeah. me, it makes sense because I did that. I've been there, you know. But Barrett, yeah, I agree. He's just, he's like, uh, he's like Terry Crews and, of course, who he was modeled after way back in the day, Mr. T. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, obviously, no man like that really exists in real life. So mm-hmm. just him going, you got to understand. And he gets the big gestures too, mm-hmm. flailing his big gun yeah. arm around and pointing his gun at people. And I'm like, "What are you doing, you psychopath?" Yeah, I mean that's a giant Gatling gun. Stop pointing it at people to mm. make your point. Yeah. You know, so those two right now, I agree. They're yeah. they're on one end of the spectrum, the other end of the spectrum. Mm. As the game goes, spoiler alert: we both played it. We both know that yeah. they calm down a little bit. Bear does stay loud, but he doesn't always go off on crazy rants and tangents mm. forever. Yeah. So it comes around. But this is where I thought the, Jess was awesome. Oh, yeah. Like, she was just on point. Like, just coming in there with witty banter, taking both sides, hanging out. She seemed like a real human being mm-hmm. in this mess. And, of course, you know, Biggs did too. Wedge was your typical dork guy. Right, right. And it had kind of like the typical, I hate to say it, but the typical Japanese kind of like, huh? You know, that weird like, huh? I don't so I was like, yeah, okay, that's fine. I get it. Well, well, it's, yeah, it's, I won't go into it, but it's weird because, you know, noises or sounds like that mean something in Japanese when you do it. Mm-hmm. But then, like, yeah, his lips are moving, so English people have to say something. And, you, and of course, it, that's not what we do. Yeah, and he would just keep his mouth closed and go like this. You didn't hear it because I just did a shrug or a, you mm-hmm. know, a head tilt. And it means more that way. But I, I did appreciate having them there because, like I said, Cloud and Baird are over here. These people are all in the middle. And you could get a taste of what the actual voice acting is going to be like because, hey, here's some normal people. And like you said, Wedge was a little dorkier and like, oh, gosh, Cloud, are you going to help us out, guy? 
because nervous guy, you know, on his mm-hmm. first runs through. But I appreciated them. I like you said, I thought Jess was really good. Yeah, same here. And I thought Biggs was really good, but he didn't have a lot of lines throughout the demo, so yeah. he didn't get too much out of it. But most of all, with the voice acting, before we move on, as I'll say that it was a good taste. Yeah, I liked the voice acting. I felt it was a solid performance on everybody's end. Some, you know, like we said, some of them aren't matching up quite where we want them to be, mm-hmm. but that's early on in the game. It's what they're supposed to be doing. So it gives me hope and makes me feel good about when we meet the Turks and some of the other crazy characters that we meet along the way mm-hmm. and how they're going to sound and how they're going to act and be portrayed. And I really think we've got a chance at something golden here with the uh, voice acting and characterization here. I agree. I just I just worry because Heidegger was there too, and his accent was a little uh-huh. like starting to get a little over the top. And he, he had like four lines, but yeah. it, was, it was a little over the top. I'm just like, I hope the main people are toned down. The only the over the top stuff is side characters or oh, it's the goofy, you know, cross dressed situation. Oh, let's put on a crazy voice and stuff. So yeah, I feel like we're in a good place. I'm still gonna switch to the sub if I get the option, just because that. That's, that's, that's what you it, like. That's what you're used to. Yeah, yeah, of course. Understand that. And, you know, I've told you off a million times. Now, the more I watch of anime, the more I start to understand. Like you said, those nuanced, you know, weird sounds that back then I was just like, man, I don't know what the hell. This mm-hmm. is crazy. You know, I'm starting to get it. It starts to make sense. But like you said, when they try to translate that in English, it just sometimes it comes off weird because yeah. we don't do that. So. Mm-hmm. With that being said, I'll stick to it with the dubbed, just because, you know, obviously they did the hard work to put it that way. I'm going to go ahead and play it that way. But either way, I would have been fine, you know. So there you go. And, I mean, either way is fine, but just to me, when I'm playing a Japanese RPG, it just feels Uh right to have Japanese voices and it cries and attacks and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm starting to agree with you. I'm starting to agree with you, but... Mm -hmm. For the guy, goodness sakes, I'll listen to the dubbed one. That way we can get a, hell, that way we can get a better perspective... Later on down the road, once we've both played through beating it and are talking about it again here on IG2G. And like five years later, you could be like, oh, he doesn't even know what Eris sounds like. And I'm like, you don't know what she sounds like, sucker. And we have the same conversation we did about Persona. It's great. Well, but that's funny because it won't be that long later because this time around, I know you don't do the English stuff. Before, I didn't know you on everything turned off English and did always the subs. I didn't know you did that. Mm -hmm. So when you told me, yeah, I switched it to sub, dude, I always do it. And I'm like... What? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, "Oh my God, no! Yeah, we don't know. You know, we don't know what's going on. Uh-huh. Nobody knows." <laughs> uh, it was magical. So, anyways, with the voices out of the way, the acting going on, mm-hmm. we'll move on from there. Obviously, we'll go over graphics real quick. What'd you mm-hmm. think? I thought it looked great. What I really did appreciate was, you know, when I think back to those Final Fantasy VII days, the graphics looked great back in the day, but you were basically controlling a little polygonal sprite on top of a pre-rendered background. So you weren't ever really there. Nothing felt like you were there. Obviously, now it's all 3D rendered. It's all modeled. When you hit stuff with your sword, the boxes go flying. It feels like you're really there. So even if the graphics weren't as good as they are, and I think they're great, just feeling like you're actually in the Final Fantasy VII world means a lot and feels it feels so much better than I thought it would. What about you? Uh-huh. Well, obviously I haven't got to play it, but by watching everything through, Mm -hmm. it looked fantastic. And like you said, it was nice to actually be in the environment and get to pan the camera around and see all the different things going on. Like you said, the the objects that are, you know, going into the environment, the boxes that you can go blow up, the chest that you see actually there in the world, Mm -hmm. around the corner, hidden under the staircase, whatever the case may be. That looked awesome. And then to tie it in, 
they did a really good job, in my opinion, of making you feel like you were in the Mako reactor area. Like mm-hmm. when playing, well, not when playing, when watching that, I was all, I just kept getting thrown back. Mm-hmm. Like they did such a good job of one to one, but just making it 10 times better that I felt like I was playing FF7 again. Mm-hmm. It yeah. wasn't like I was playing some weird 1.5 or 2.0 version or something. Mm-hmm. I, I, I kept going, wow, this is, this is FF7. I know where I am. I know what's going on here. So that feeling was fantastic. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Now, going back to the, the objects for one quick second, I mean, the chests and the boxes, which are interactable objects, you, you get stuff when you open them. That's good and that's great. What I really appreciated was, you know, there's like the, the little, like the, the safety cones with the little rails on top. Like, hey, don't go this way. I really appreciated that if you ran into those, they would fall over and fall apart and you could go behind them instead of just being like an invisible wall of, oh boy, better not go this way or here's the stack of boxes and you hit it with your sword and it just goes clunk because you're not supposed to do it. I appreciated Mm -hmm. that all the goofing around that I was able to do, I well, all the goofing around I tried to do, I was able to do. And it wasn't just just an invisible wall fest like, you know, a lot of Japanese RPGs are. Mm Mm-hmm. I agree with that. It, it feel like you could actually play and look around in it. Yeah. And of course, when you were looking around, though, I will say, obviously, it's going to open up a lot more. But I'm hoping that when the environments open up more, there are more of your typical uh, RPG pathways to go find treasures and stuff. Yeah. Because when we were going through this little demo, uh, the treasure chests were pretty much always just right there in the open. There wasn't any real pathways that you could just wander off on to go find monsters, treasure chests, or you know, or anything else, materia, for goodness sakes, which I didn't see any of, so... No, no. Well, I, I did find one treasure chest. I mean, it wasn't super hidden, but it was, you know, you go down the stairs and Jesse runs to the left, but then there's this little area to the right, so you know me, whoop, secrets? And it was, like, behind the stairs, there was a little path for another little chest to pop open, so I feel like they are going to do it, but it's just the Mako reactor. There wasn't a lot to do... Yeah, it originally, it was an intro, so. it's the intro mission. Exactly. It's literally, hey, this is, we're teaching you to play the game, mm-hmm. how to do attacks, how to we get in combat. We don't want you going that way and up and down. And, and then you're away. pissed off and don't know where you're at, and then yeah. you quit playing our game and you never come back because it was too hard, which mm-hmm. would happen and will happen even with this kind of guided pathway because, you know, yeah, true. people don't know what they're getting into sometimes mm-hmm. and thinking this RPG is not exactly an RPG. And with that being said... Before we get into combat, I want to talk about the enemies, Matt. Okay. They were looking really good. Those yeah. enemies were looking solid. They, And it's just another weird case of they look like I imagined them when I played FF7 back in the day. Yeah, pretty but much. But better. Yeah. You know, they, they were just fleshed out, detailed, but I looked at them and I knew immediately what they were. I went, mm-hmm. oh, okay, there's a soldier, there's the, oh, there's a scout, da, 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 there's, mm-hmm. you know. No question in my mind, even though way back then it was just little sprites on the screen, you know, for PlayStation 1. Mm. They figured it out, got it all put together, and made everything just look really good for you. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. I'm really interested to see what the monster designs and the beasts and the creatures will be later down the road. Mm-hmm. I mean, what what Chocobo is going to look like? What's a Marlboro oh, going to look wait, like? Right? Like, all, all these iconic designs, I want to see them come to life in you know in ways that you didn't even like in the in the later games like i don't know but i agree like the, imagine the diamond weapon ruby weapon you oh, know yeah. when you start seeing some of these guys mm-hmm. woo, that's going to look good seeing some of the some of the summons actually mm-hmm. come to life and be be actual real things instead of just hankity jankity here's the cutscene for them and 
Yeah. I'm excited. They they did a great job with that, I agree. They did. And they have showcased some of the summons off already. I doubt you've went ahead and spoiled yourself with that, but I looked at uh Shiva, Ifrit, and I think it was Leviathan. I think the only two I've seen fantastic. are the are the pre order bonuses, Carbuncle and uh Oh well, the three. Carbuncle, Baby Chocobo, and Cactuar. Okay. But, see I didn't see none of the three uh pre order bonuses yet. Okay. So so there you go. I, I'm spoiler free on a couple of them, but they looked fantastic. They look great. They come in and they're super powerful, mm-hmm. which that's what I like to see. I like it when, you know, your magic and your summons are actually useful mm-hmm. and something you want to use. And FF7 always did a good job of that back then. So it's nice to see it crossing over now. Yeah. Except for, I was hoping to see something to do with the materia. Cause of course, we'll kind of segue into the battle system and how everything was working, but. Mm-hmm. The individual plan never went into menus, so I don't even know if you were able to look at Materia or see it. Obviously, you saw the little green one on uh, Cloud's sword there mm-hmm. because the graphics are such that you can actually see the Materia slots in his his weapon. Right. At, but at, at this time, at this time in the demo, there wasn't any Nothing. even screen to look at. There was the inventory screen, but that was literally it. Okay. And that I wasn't sure about if they were would let you play around and look a little bit, but I mean, unless I missed it because I just went in and was like, "Oh, each menu, open up each item." Okay, cool. So maybe uh-huh. I just didn't find it, or I I would assume it's not there because it's not like you can change it right on the fly as soon as you start the game, anyway. Gotcha, gotcha. So didn't get to see the material. You got to see the fire spell. You got mm-hmm. to see thunder spell, cure spell, mm-hmm. and then of course you got to see. Uh, uh, not well. You got to see one limit break, which we'll talk about that in a minute. Right. Um. But what were they called? Jeez, I'll pizza. I'm flipping. Just the abilities. Here. Just abilities. Yeah, you're just your abilities. I was just trying to think of what his was called. The first one, which for whatever reason is skipping my mind right now. Well, it was braver, which was a limit. Break braver. Yeah. The old there one. you go. Which was a limit break before. Which. Yeah. yeah. That was throwing me off. I kept thinking he was maybe doing his limit break until right. he actually got his limit break mm-hmm. at the very end. Yeah. As soon as so, I opened the menu, I was like, "Why are my limit breaks here? What?" What's happening? And then I went, mm-hmm. oh, hey. Oh, okay. Well, I guess Cross Slash is more iconic, but Braver is the one you used in that fight because that's the first mm-hmm. one you get. Exactly. So it, was, it tossed me off. Now, the battle in general, I was skeptical back in the day. I'm, oh, yeah. I was not happy. I wanted traditional turn-based RPG. Mm-hmm. That's always been my favorite. That's always been my love. So I was like, oh, great, here we go. It's going to be FF15, where I just go and hack and slash, run around like a crazy person, mm-hmm. avoid the you know the incoming hits. But other than that, I'm just going to hack and slash. Mm-hmm. And then whenever I get my limit break, use it. That is not, not how this works, even remotely. Mm-hmm. So I was super happy about that. Watching him play, yes, you go in and you're hitting square to do your basic attack, but that's only a filler. That's a filler to use your braver ability to mm. use your uh, your fire and or thunder in such a way that you stagger the enemy to open them up for the real damage to take them out and get rid of them. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was for obviously a little bit harder bad guys. I you know I could see on the little dudes you were able just to go hack and slash, hack and slash, braver mm. dead or whatever. It wasn't that big a deal. But some of those bigger guys, you had to make sure you were using your other character's abilities in the proper way so that, you, like I said, you could uh, stagger them. And then uh, what was it before you staggered them? Pressured them? Yeah, yeah pressured them. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I thought it was neat. I, I agree that it's neat. I have some beef that I'll get into. It's more towards the boss fight end of it. Mm-hmm. But I, I do appreciate the action feel of it. I was afraid that I would not like it, even though I love action games and I like action combat. But running through the facility like actually we didn't even say you can run running through the facility felt good 
swinging your giant sword at these guards felt really good, blocking their shots with your giant blade or, gosh, rolling on the ground to evade stuff. It felt really good. It feels really good to just build up and get your, your ATB bar up so you can use your abilities, so you can use your items. I do have a little bit of an issue that you have to fill your ATB bar to use items. I feel like items should be free, nothing else. I mean, everything else can cost, you know, some, some time yeah, and some build-up. I feel like that feels a little weird, but I like I like the systems and I like the idea of it. My my only issues come with when the other character is there. I feel like I have to manage them too much because I well we'll tie it into the boss fight as well. But mm-hmm. I felt like when I was Cloud, Barrett didn't do shit. and he's not going to. And they when I was it that way, and when I was Barrett, Cloud didn't do. Shit. Like Cloud was uh-huh. in, like when I was fighting the boss, Cloud was in there the whole time. I see him swinging. I see him getting knocked around. I'm Barrett shooting, 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 you know, putting out my thunder spell. And then I'd be like, all right, it's time for Cloud to do something. He's got to do one of his abilities. And you do the little pause thing, switch over to his menu. Nothing. He has nothing. Well, I know he didn't use his abilities because I didn't see him doing nothing. Uh-huh. Like, why do I, I? I felt like I had to go build up stuff for everybody. Barrett, Barrett was. F- Barrett was a little better than Cloud was. Like when I needed his cure spell, I would go uh-huh. over and a lot of times he would have it ready. But a lot of times I'd, I'd go, boop, what's this in his menu? Nothing. Can't even use an item. Okay, well, I guess I better run in and try and go, hacka, 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 get myself an item and then run the hell away, switch to Barrett and go, okay, finally, here's cure. Go. Yeah. they And here's the part where I appreciate that, but I'm also scared as well because. They designed it that way. They said they wanted to make sure that you were just like in every RPG. You're having to go through each character mm-hmm. and manage them yourself. Basically, when they're on their own, they're just going to attack. But here's the thing. is like you said, when they're just attacking, it should be building up the bar. So when you go back to them, you can use an item mm-hmm. or a magic or a skill or something. That, that way, like you said, it should just be, okay, I'm on cloud doing his two abilities. Get out his cure. Get out the spell I need to get this thing pressured or staggered. Mm-hmm. All right, hop over to Barrett. He's got the ability now to use a, spe- a spell or an item. Boom. Oh, he needs a heal. There you go. And I agree with you. I saw that on Barrett. Like mm-hmm. Barrett's, when he was just standing back shooting, I was watching that go up. But when Cloud, when you were Barrett and Cloud, it felt like Cloud was kind of running around a lot. Mm-hmm. And from what I was watching, it looked like he was just like running around. And, and you know, he has, has a little banter with Barrett back and forth, but he wasn't right, right. really doing too much. And I think that's where the problem was coming in. I'm wondering if depending on what the enemy type is, you're going to be forced to be a certain character all the time because otherwise they're just going to be completely useless. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to end up dying because it really looks like, especially with that little boss fight with the... You know, the uh, the scorpion. Mm-hmm. If you're not managing those characters and using those abilities, you're going to get smoked. Mm-hmm. And and that's what killed me, especially the boss fight. Like, traditional JRPG boss fights, you are just wearing away at that enemy for a long time, you know, proportionally to regular battles. But I felt it here. Like, I'm swinging my sword, and I'm going doop, 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 and it knocks me back, and I run in and swing, 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 swing. When I'm hitting the button that many times well you know you do a little three hit combo or four hit combo or whatever and it does the damage that you would have done in an attack command in a jrpg i just i just feel it more i feel like dragon age 2 instead of dragon age 1 where i put in the attack command and they do it now i'm going hack 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 for 
10 minutes. Hack, 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 hack. Switch to Barrett. Shoot. Spell. Shoot. I hope that... I don't know. Maybe I'll change the difficulty or something, but it did. It didn't flow right in the boss fight for me, especially when, if I'm Cloud, I can't rely on Barrett to do the right thing. If I switch to Barrett to do the right thing, I'm not relying on Cloud to do the right thing. Like I feel like I had to bounce too too much, and it took too long because I was. I don't know. It just it felt off to me in that sense when it was when I was playing against the grunts or the slightly tougher enemies. Felt great. Felt awesome. The boss fight though, I was just like. Okay, like by its third phase, I was like, oh man, I can't rely on, well, when it got the shield, it puts the shield up, it's got the little uh-huh. shield generator part to shoot. Barrett wasn't shooting that. What was he doing? I had to go as Cloud, run in and get it, or switch to Barrett and switch. And like when I switched to Barrett, it was it was defaulting to shooting at at the main body, not the shield. What are you doing? I was just shooting the shield, switch, switch, ah. <laughs> and here's where I'm mixed, because from what I hear, the the design was that, was that you have to do it yourself. You've got to manage all your characters yourself I, I can't and do the do right thing. I can't do everything, though, dude. I can't and do everything. that's what they want. They said they want it to be super frenetic, super fast-paced. They want it so your mind's having to go a million miles an hour mm-hmm. trying to figure out what spell you need, who's ready for what. And that that moment, for me, I liked because it was like, okay, you have to be Cloud. Barrett's going to be useless here. you got to get on Cloud, run yeah. to the back, slash and go at him while the shield's up. And then when shield's down, then you can go back to Barrett if you want to. Meanwhile, Barrett's just being basically useless, shooting at nothing. Mm-hmm. The only thing I agree with you on here, though, is it still sucks because while Barrett's being a moron, shooting a shield, getting nothing back and doing absolutely nothing, now he's going to be useless when you get back to him because he didn't do anything. Because he has no and ATB. So, you know, exactly. He can't even use anything, yeah. And so you're like, well, that stinks. It's just all about I wish, no matter what, when you're not that character, there's that ATB bar was that just slowly go up, regardless of what they're doing, just yes. slowly go up like the limit breaks do, basically. I was I was just gonna say that if they would at least if they would just build ATB, maybe you can put them on like passive. I don't care if they're doing mm-hmm. the damage or not. If they're at least just building ATB, so when I need them, they can do something. They can just mm-hmm. throw me a damn potion. That's that's all I need. And I will, I will happily jump back and forth to do the abilities or, you know, open the menu Mass Effect style and say, use that ability on this, do this, do that. Mm-hmm. But you got to at least, you got to at least serve your one function that I want you to serve. To build the bars so exactly. I can use your magic or abilities. Because yeah. the way they seem like they're designing it, you're going to have to use certain magic at certain times to mm-hmm. stagger enemies or certain abilities at certain times mm-hmm. and even certain characters. Because as we see, obviously, uh, ranged characters, you need Barrett or whatever. Yep. If I go over to that character and I can't use their ability, mm-hmm. and if I don't use a Thundaga in the next 10 seconds, we all wipe, mm-hmm. that's going to be super stressful. And that's just going to pressure me to then use Cloud as my main go-to, and I'm going to find a weapon that's just going to basically have the one slot of every materia in the world, so that way I don't ever have to go to anybody else for anything in particular, because I'll just stay Cloud and just do it myself. And that was exactly the thing I thought. When it was going through that boss fight, it was like, hey, make sure you use your thunder magic, Barrett. And he could never use his damn magic. I was like, God, this is going to suck. And then I re- I remembered, hey, Materia exists. I can just load Cloud up with everything. And everyone else can just like sit in the back and pick their noses for all I care. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, at least there's that. At least I can load myself up and just, hey, I'm going to need fire for this fight and ice for that fight, thunder for this fight, and wind, and I want to have haste. Okay, that's all in my sword. I don't get max level anything, but I get all the stuff I need. Uh At least least there's that. 
Yes. Uh, so we'll see. This is just a demo. It's super early. But before we wrap sure. it, I want to talk about that limit break. Mm-hmm. The limit break was awesome. I liked it. I appreciated yeah. it. But holy moly, it took the entire demo to get one limit break. I don't remember it being that uh, scarce in the old one. I mean, it probably was by design, but... Well, see, I got two during my oh, time did in you? there. They were both okay. during the boss fight. But like mm-hmm. I said, I think I probably got the second one because the boss fight was going so badly because Barrett wouldn't do anything and Cloud wouldn't do anything. <laughs> that it just like... Yeah, but it yeah, got to be on, like... Him, man. It was You're like the last few, you know, like the last little tiny bit of its bar. It was like, oh, limit breaks up. I was like, thank God. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. Don't have to worry about anything. It's dead. So gotcha. The, the one thing I would like too, though, is in Final Fantasy VII regular, you had the limit break bar, like you could see it building. Yeah, you saw it building up. I would like to see at least like a little gauge or something somewhere, so I could, or maybe it's there, and I just, you know, it was a frenetic boss Missed fight. It. Who mm-hmm. knows? But I'd like to see that yeah, too, because then you could. I plan can tell on you, it. I didn't see it either. I didn't see it building up anywhere. But once mm-hmm. again. I was confused already because his abilities as Braver, I remember that being a limit right. break, so I thought he was popping a limit break the whole time. Mm-hmm. But apparently, of course, that was not the case. So I'm yeah. like, oh, okay. Well, I don't remember being, limit breaks only being one time an hour. That is weird. I don't know about this. I hope that uh, there's a way to make that go quicker or it just goes quicker naturally. And they just wanted to flow of this one to be the big surprise of your limit break coming while you're on a Scorpion boss mm-hmm. and it's dramatic and cool and... You know, I hope it's that because that's gonna stink if you can't rely on your limit breaks. But once in a blue moon, right? Now, one thing I we haven't mentioned, and I do, I really wanted to talk about it is the the unique abilities that each character gets. Uh-huh. Cloud switching oh, yeah. up his stance to the uh, Punisher mode pun- and Punisher. operative mode. Yeah. yeah. When I switched to Punisher, I was like, "This is this is it. I'm never getting out of this." It felt so good. It felt so fast. It felt so cool. It was what I wanted it to be. And then. Bing, I just remembered in my head, Barrett has that charge up his ATB like charge shot thing. So mm, if I need him to do stuff, yeah. I should just click charge shot, click off of him, forget about him, because then he'll have his two little bars. Mm-hmm. So I guess they did they, Actually, they, did, idea, huh? they did design him well for that, but it just, I don't know. I feel like I shouldn't have, we've said it before, I shouldn't have to manage him, go in, do it, okay, now go away and at least bank stuff, whatever. But I do like that each character gets unique abilities that aren't in the abilities screen, like different attacks and things they can do. I'm eager to see what everyone else's are. Like maybe uh-huh. Tifa gets like a stun kick or something, or like, a, you know, uppercut stun kick, like, all like knocks them down and they get up for, you know, get you a little five second reprieve or something. I'm, I'm really interested to see what those are because that added a whole new, like, you know, you customize your characters with materia, but their abilities and limit breaks and stuff were all the same. This was like mm. brand new stuff out of nowhere. I'm, I can't wait to see what everyone else does. Yeah, I like I like the system. I'm I'm definitely in love with that whole system because, like you said, a huge variety and uniqueness to each and every character mm-hmm. that they're going to have with their abilities. Not to mention the limit breaks and you know everything else you equip yep. them with. That you personalize it with yourself, but like steel skin with Barrett head. Mm-hmm. Outstanding. Pop that. There you go. You can take a few extra hits, yep. get him to aggro for you if you need to. Stuff like that. That's going to make it so who I have on my party is going to definitely change how I play the game. And then, of course, each boss fight is going to be unique. And then I'll know, oh, all right, I'm going to go against this. It's going to be better to have this setup of characters instead of my usual go-tos for this particular fight. And then even, we didn't even say it, Cloud's default attacks. You could hold square to do AoE attacks. 
And mm-hmm. what I loved about it was it felt Dynasty Warrior style. Like if I did, if I held square after a certain number of attacks, it would do the big, you know, the big link spinning slash. But mm-hmm. then after a different one, it would do a launcher. Like it would knock everybody up. So I can't wait oh, to nice. play it some more and just be like, okay, one, two, knock up, one, two, three, spin, one, two, you know, whatever it happens to be and figure mm-hmm. out that rhythm that, that I like to get into when you're, when you're playing that action game. And then on top of having those abilities, I loved the guard ability. So whilst mm-hmm. the, uh, in, in particular, Scorpion boss, because he's the only one you actually fought for an extended period of time, really. Mm-hmm. Whenever he was doing his fire missile assaults, you'd pop up block. You're going to take some hits, but you'd take a lot reduced damage, etc. Mm-hmm. You knew that whenever he was doing that giant overcharge, you had to get out of the uh, AOE range so mm-hmm. you didn't get hit by that. I liked how the mechanics even were there from... That was what he did in the old one. Mm-hmm. But back then, it was just, oh, okay, click defend, 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 defend. Yeah. And this time, you do the same thing, but you're live. You know, you're yeah. you're doing it yourself. You're like, oh, missile barrage, boom, sword up, shield, ka 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 All right, get in there, get in there. Oh, God, electrical. God, got to run, 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 run. Get out of the AOE. I, and I loved his, his laser tail. Before, it was just, mm-hmm. oh, laser tail went up. Just sit there and do nothing. Now it was, laser tail's up. You better get your ass to cover, and uh-huh. it was a little cheesy that the cover just fell yeah. in. But at the same point, at the same time, that very first time when there's two cover chunks there, you get behind it and he blasts away the one. You're like, oh crap, this is an actual like a thing. I can't wait for a uh-huh. big giant boss fight. You know, some giant Sephiroth Genova boss fight with stuff actually coming in and happening, and you having to think maybe you know think on the fly and not just be like, get to cover over there. Come on, fools. What I really hope mm-hmm. is that everyone has the good AI that Barrett did in that situation, and I don't have to make people run to cover because I will I will quit the game and I'll uninstall. I'll never play it again. But I love that aspect of it. It's live. It's there's an obvious penalty because I did get hit once because I got the camera like clipped, and so I was on the front side of the cover and couldn't find the edge of it. And mm-hmm. and you, I, I paid for it, so. I like that the damage was real. It wasn't like, you know, some runs through on the default mode, just like, whatever, hack, 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 hack. I'll just take the hits. It doesn't matter. It felt it felt real and important when you got hit by it. So you actually wanted to run and scurry and hide and defend. It was cool. Nice. That's awesome. And I didn't get to, of course, feel it myself, but watching it, mm-hmm. I did get that jive, and I watched Barrett, all, like you said, all by himself running behind cover. In mm-hmm. fact, one moment... Cloud was like, what are you doing, dude? Get undercover. Go, go, go. Yeah. You know, Barrett's like, woo, running around. So as long as that stays intact and mm-hmm. all the other characters do that, like you said, I'm perfectly fine with that and look forward to seeing what other cool uh, boss fights they have and what unique things they throw at you to make it way more fun than just your typical old RPG. And that's where I'm happy at saying I like the switch up now. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm kind of warming up to it because it allows them to really go nuts and give you a very big, unique boss fight experience for every boss mm-hmm. instead of just your old school with, you know, standard RPG. They can only do so much. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in the. I mean, I, I mentioned Marlboro before. What is Bad Breath going to look like? Am I going to be able to hide and run around? Is it going to be like a like an actual miasma coming mm-hmm. out of them? You know, because, you know, before, they, oh, it's casting poison and you're just poisoned. I'm sure there's going to be some of that where it'll be like a like a little spit that comes out, like a ping, and it, and it still pings you. But I'm excited uh-huh. for more like area damage, or he does a slam and it's in a it circle. On the yeah, uh-huh. or yeah, like pukes out this goop, and then that whole area is inaccessible it, unless you want to get poisoned. Uh-huh. Exactly. I'm looking forward to that. That's gonna be crazy. Stuff like that's definitely gonna be really cool. And of course, before we end it, you got to overall it. 
overall it meant. What'd you think of the demo? Do you feel better about FF7 Remake? Do you feel worse? You still kind of in the middle? Where are you at with it? Yeah, it was all right, I guess. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you <laughs> go. Yeah, I got to get it. <laughs> um, well, I feel like after with the, after this discussion with you, I feel even better than I did. I'm I'm more excited for it than I was before. Just seeing the, you know, the imaginary gameplay that somebody played on some PC in Japan forever ago. I'm still. I wouldn't say I'm not sold on it because I'm gonna get it just because when that music boots up and I see the graphics and I see the characters. It puts that nostalgic tingle up my spine. I just, I, I, I'm not scared, but I have concerns with like the length of boss fights and you know the the character management. But I'm I'm more interested now than I was previously. So I give it a thumbs up. It's a really good demo. It's a great demo because if I'm if I'm finding things that I love and things that I'm concerned about, it's a great demo because it's showing me the goods and the bads of what could be in this game. So it's a hundred percent effective, great demo. I like it. I'm excited. What about you, Eric? Well, everything I watched, it brought me back. It said, "Hey, you're back in FF7, but it is different. It's unique. It feels like its own entity at the same time. The music was all super familiar, super amazing, but slightly different. You know, you never yeah. knew quite what you were gonna get. You knew basically it was gonna be that beat, but they spun it a different way. There was different instruments being played." Really, just like I said, it, it felt alive in its own way, even though at the same time super familiar and comfy. And, and one thing I do want to jump in on that music, not to interrupt your, your ending spiel, but it felt so big and alive. Like, I remember uh-huh. Final Fantasy VII's music being good. I have the CDs. I have the soundtrack. It never sounded like this. And maybe it's just because it's coming out of my surround sound speakers and it's got a big subwoofer in it. But it sounded like when that music kicked in, I was just like, damn, this is... This is not what it sounded like before, but this is what my mind imagined it sounded like. It sounds like a big, full, giant orchestra, like you're in that orchestra hall with them. It's just, what's like the graphics? This is what my mind Uh said they looked like, and they're nailing it. It's just everything's coming up past that level that it was before. Exactly. And that's where I'm at. After watching this whole thing, everything about this game is basically... How I imagined FF in my brain back in the day, but mm-hmm. they they did it and it's real and I can play it. The only spot I have the question on still is the combat itself. Yeah. I'm just worried that it's going to be so intense and uh, I wouldn't say stressful, but just I guess stressful is the word because if I got to manage everybody to the T and nobody's mm-hmm. getting their attack bars up on their own and I've got to keep going between them. And then, like I said, if I've got to get specific attacks or uh, material used and I've only had it. That could prove to be very frustrating, especially mm-hmm. if these boss fights get longer and longer. Yeah. And I'm in like the middle of a 10 minute boss fight and at minute eight, because Barrett didn't shoot the bad guy and get me some ATB, mm-hmm. I'm dead. That's going to just frustrate me to no end. And I don't want that to happen because I don't mind long boss fights. I'm used to that. I've played many RPGs and other games where yeah. I've had that experience, but I've always had direct control over whether I win or die. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be up to chance or up to just some weird AI deciding it's just going to run in circles instead of attack and, and do what it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that that's nailed down, everything's real on par with that, and I'll be sold 100% on this game. Yeah, and other than that, I think it's time to wrap it up. Imposters Wrap Up. 
So what did you guys think of that Final Fantasy VII Remake demo? Have you played it? Do you hate Final Fantasy? Tell us tell us all the things. And also, if you've got any questions, comments, concerns, any kind of feedback at all, send that to us via email at info at thirdshift.me. Tweet at us at thirdshift.me and find us on Facebook on Third Shift. Indeed you can. You can find us also on that wonderful Patreon. You like what you hear, like what we're doing, want to help us out. We treat it just like a tip jar. Consider heading over there, throwing us $1, $2, $3, $4, $5. Any kind of amount would be so appreciated. Help us keep the lights on over here or maybe even throw that coveted $1 million, in which case we're going to open up a food line and change the very fabric of this world, folks. I'm telling you, it's just like going to be a crazy reality TV show, cameras everywhere, babies in jars all over the place. You're going to have God knows what. It, what, what we've we've come up with too much. It's it's insane mm-hmm. what's going to be at this food line. You you won't <laughs> believe it. So consider throwing us a million bucks, and we'll make that a reality. Until then, any kind of supports greatly appreciated. Like I said, helps us keep the lights on, keeps us motivated. If you don't got any cash, you know what? Five star ratings on iTunes, mailbag questions, feedback in any way, shape, or form in any of the different places. Always really good. Great to hear. We hope to hear from you. Absolutely, we do. And of course, this podcast drops every two weeks on Tuesday. So we'll be back in your rear holes on the 17th of March for our very next episode. Oh my goodness, happy St. Patrick's Day it'll be. You can find that episode on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. As I always say, if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, rating, review, comment, and subscription. Any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out. And we really do appreciate it. Indeed we do, Matt. We do, we do. We appreciate that. And we appreciate, once again... That five-star rain, you know? I ain't seen any in a couple days. Mm-hmm. I'm getting hungry. My little tummy's rumbling. I need some souls. I need y'all to feed me those souls. So consider heading over there. It takes five seconds of your time, and it feeds me for weeks and weeks and weeks. Just saying. Just saying. And with that, there's nothing else left to say, but... Don't, da, 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 don't forget, forget to save. To save. Da, na, na, da, 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 da,